No, you no. No, you don't. You just jump in. <laughs> That's not true. I always say I always, I've asked many times. Many times. Who, who, who want do you like? Do you want me to do this? And everybody's always like, yes. yes. So I stopped asking. I just do it. See, you just jump in. Uh huh. So <laughs> I'm sure that um, in we at its worst. <laughs> I know. I was I was just going to say yeah. that that we're having some discourse here, but I'm not sure it's civil. Oh, <laughs> I I sense some heatedness and some defensiveness. If you haven't guessed, <laughs> we are talking talk? about. What, Chris? What civil discourse? Civil discourse on yes. on the long overdue podcast. What you're listening to right now? Right now, it's a product. A product. It's a product. <laughs> a product of the Decatur Public Library. A production. That too. Yeah. Um, it's, all the things. Uh, in Decatur, Texas, and like I totally wouldn't. I'm. I'm totally cool with somebody else doing the intro, but <laughs> you, you know you did such a great job. I just want to know, like, if y'all want me to, I'll continue to do so. But if somebody else wants to, then I will be glad to relinquish that job from time to time. From time to time, <laughs> when we're feeling it, or or long term, yeah. if you know. I mean, I'm not the boss, <laughs> <laughs> and we all look at the boss. <laughs> I'm not the boss of the podcast, <laughs> am I? Yeah. Well, seeing how you're our boss, uh, <laughs> I think that kind of covers sort of de facto everything. covers every aspect. <laughs> well, okay, so hmm, so civil discourse. Uh huh. What 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 is that? What is that? What is discourse? Talking. Talking. That's it. Communicating. What is discord? Uh-huh. Oh, <laughs> disharmony, disagreement. It's the opposite of harmony. That's a, not uh, getting along. Streaming it's... service for gamers. Okay. <laughs> Discord. Yeah. Really? Yeah. It's like so audio streaming service. Like it's like an audio video chat service that gamers use. Okay. I think other I, people use it too, but I thought it's it irrelevant. Was... It's irrelevant to the conversation. I, I <laughs> okay, just... so civil discourse <laughs> would have preempted you from even mentioning that because it was completely irrelevant to our conversation. That doesn't make it oh, less civil, you know, does it? Which is really interesting is because it? It? through that conversation, I was so focused on what I was wanting to say that I did not even hear. Oh, <laughs> What you said. I think we're gonna we're gonna do well at this because we are gonna just have one after another. Of I'm sorry, I was bad examples. <laughs> I realized that I had no interest in what you were saying, so I just stopped listening. Were you? I don't know what's going on. So it's gonna be one of those kind of episodes. Learn by negative example. Yes. <laughs> what. Well, Pat read some books. Yeah, Pat. So, so we're really we're all looking to Pat to kind of lead us, to guide us, to be our our voice in the desert in this. Wow, special references and everything. Civil discourse. I have something too that if we get to it, that we might want to do like an activity. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah. Okay. But I think yeah, we need to have some conversation before we start our activity. 
Well, so I have... I read one book and am about halfway through another book and did not finish it yet. And I do not have them in front of me, so you won't be hearing quotes or anything from those books. Sorry. Um, But one of them is called How to Treat People Well. No, Treating People Well. Sorry. Um, How to Master Social Skills and Thrive. And there's, a, there's another subtitle to it. I don't know which order these really go in because it's kind of weird. The Extraordinary Power of Civility at Work and in Life. And this was written by two former White House social secretaries. Mm-hmm. Um, mm. Lee, Lee Berman, who was uh, one of the social secretaries under George W. Bush, and Jeremy Bernard, who was one of Barack Obama's mm-hmm. um, social secretaries. And they wrote this book together. And it, it's really interesting because the way they, I mean, it's all about being polite, being well-mannered, using those social skills to get along with people, to make, to set people at ease, to, um, to make things go smoothly. But the examples they give, of course, are from, for the most part, are from high-level White House, you know, visiting dignitaries Mm -hmm. or, you know, talking with the chief of staff or things like that, that where being uncivil to someone else makes a huge difference. You know, if you don't have all these things working smoothly, if people are not treating other people kindly and politely and using their best manners it could lead to to war Mm -hmm. you know it could it could have serious consequences so it it's just a really interesting book i mean they they talk about several different different aspects of of um treating people well uh communicating clearly um, they talk about just basically being kind and thoughtful of other people. Um, they talk about how um, listening, and that and that's one thing that that just goes all the way through. It's just being willing to listen to what other people are saying, listen to what they they're trying to tell you, to what's important to them, to their expectations, and then doing what you can to to try to meet those so that things go along smoothly. So here's here's what's going on in my brain right now. Uh-huh. <clears throat> I'm trying very hard to just listen mm-hmm. to you mm-hmm. and to not think about what I want mm-hmm. to say. <laughs> However, the things that I want to say, I don't want to forget. Right. So how do I not forget what I want to say? Well, that's a really interesting question. And it it kind of goes back to mindfulness. You know, we've had Megan okay. Adams here. She's worked with us as a staff to, to, to be in the moment so that, and, and I think it does take some serious training to be a good, good active listener. Mm-hmm. Um, because if you are truly doing a good job of being an active listener, your brain doesn't have a chance to think of the next thing you're going to say. But then how can you have a good conversation, a good back and forth without 
I mean, I guess if, so I think of something that I might want to say in something you said, and you keep going. Mm-hmm. And so then I forget mm-hmm. how, so we kind of get to a point in the conversation where I've heard you, uh-huh. but I'm not necessarily able to contribute to the conversation because I don't necessarily remember the points that I wanted That's to make. That's a really good question. I, I guess one of the things you could do is you know, quickly jot down. So here's something that I try to do when I'm interviewing people. Mm-hmm. I, 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 you know, we always have a set of mm-hmm. questions we ask of, of our candidates who come in. And, but I try to write down their answers without breaking eye contact with them, mm. which is hard. And mm-hmm. I can't necessarily read what I wrote when I'm through. <laughs> but you know, I want them to know I'm still listening to what they're saying, but I'm also trying to jot down the gist mm-hmm. of what they're telling me so that I have that, but I'm not holding up the whole thing. I'm not looking away to write. I, I'm still focused on them. So maybe, yeah. that's, maybe that's something to do. I don't know. I mean, part of it is in active listening, you're, you're trying to focus on what they say, and you're trying to make sure that you understand what they're really saying. So part of what you'll be doing is responding with, with those, oh, mm-hmm, yes, mm-hmm. oh, I see. Or when they kind of get to a, to a stopping point or take a breath, you know, <laughs> depending on who it is you're talking to or whatever, that you get a chance to rephrase what they've just said and say it back to them just so that that both of you know that you understood what they're trying to say. Oh my gosh, no way. <laughs> I'm still thinking about what I want to say. <laughs> <laughs> and that's, that's normal. It's perfectly normal. And and so maybe that's that's what you do is I think in some situations it's easier to rephrase, yeah, uh, than in other situations. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I think having the civil discourse lends itself to certain situations better than others. Hmm. <clears throat> and when I say that, I mean like certain parts of it. Does that make sense? No. Can no. you give me an example? I mean, I can, I'm, I'm not saying it can't make sense. I'm saying I can't think of an example where... I mean, you always should be civil, I guess, is what... Right. That's not what I'm saying. Okay. Um, okay, that's good. so so i'm i'm having this thought Mm -hmm. of something that i still want to say to you Mm -hmm. back from something that you mentioned a while ago and it's becoming increasingly more difficult to remember it Uh because we're continuing on our conversation um whether it's really that important is you know i think i kind of know what you're going to say anyway (laughs) but (laughs) um is this a true story or an example? I don't know. Like, I'm kind of really, losing my what, train of thought is right that now. What's really happening right oh, now? No. I'm, I'm, Maybe let me just get that I, out of yeah, the way yeah, so that I can continue thinking. Yeah, let's just, just say just it as an example. It. Okay. <laughs> so, so what I was thinking when you were you were talking about you know you need to be kind to other people mm-hmm. in in your your civil discourse and and on that dignitary level kind of thing, mm-hmm. but I know it should be genuine, but mm-hmm. is it? You know what? They address that. Mm -hmm. And actually, the other book that I've read, which is called Managing Civility, a Manifesto for the Workplace, and it's by, I think it's Maureen? No, that's not right. 
hold on just a second. Uh, Christine Porath, who is a, a, a professor of, of psychology at Harvard, and this is her, her whole area of work mm-hmm. is civil discourse, particularly in the workplace. Uh, what were we talking about? Good grief. I Genuine. Had to look this up. Okay. Sincere? So, both of, yeah. so both of them talk about that you don't always hit it off with other people. You don't, you, they're not always going to be people you like. Mm-hmm. Um, they may say, it may not be about that at all. It may just be that they say something that you immediately, oh my goodness, how could you think that? Or mm-hmm. how could you say that? But it's kind, it's that fake it till you make it kind of thing that if you even if you disagree that's okay to talk about but not in a not in a defensive way you still have to remain polite and kind you still have to consider their feelings as you're speaking and 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 it and it takes practice and, and actually, both of these books kind of have, at the end of each chapter, sort of some practices in real life. And so it's kind of the thing in both of these books where you would read a chapter on a particular subject and um, then take a week, you know, look at that list of here are some tips and here are some things to try. Mm-hmm. and. You know, the it depends on who you read, but but some people say it takes twenty one days of doing something every day to make it a habit. Okay. So if you continue to to try and use those things in your daily life, eventually they'll become a habit, even if at first it doesn't seem sincere. It, it doesn't. It, it doesn't feel sincere to you because you're having to force yourself to do it. You're having to be very intentional about doing it, but. That doesn't mean it comes across to the other person as insincere. I think I've seen cases where that was the case, you know, where somebody said something that the surface was very kind and polite, but you could tell by the tone of voice, by the mm-hmm. look in their eyes, those things, mm-hmm. that they they were being sarcastic or snotty or whatever to you. But that's whole. that's all part of it, all that nonverbal language you know if you're if you're trying intentionally with your whole being to make the considerate and well-intentioned response then that's what's going to show that's what all of these people are saying so if we are sitting at the table Mm -hmm. with the leader of north korea okay and we don't like him I don't know if we do or not. I don't know him. him. Yeah. I don't know him. Obviously, we've never talked to him. But we, 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 no, I, I know a lot about North Korea. Okay, I'm going to throw out something, and this is completely rude, and I'm sorry. No, it's fine. But did you know that there is a shrine to Michael Jordan in North Korea, in the, in the capital of North Korea? No. No, 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 no. I did not. Dennis know that. Rodman set it up. I heard this on Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me the other day. Yes, really. Like it was one of those where they give you three just completely outrageous scenarios related to sports figures and which uh-huh. one is true. There is a shrine to Michael Jordan in the capital of North Korea because Dennis Rodman, when he went over there as an ambassador, air quotes, um, yeah. to, to talk to Kim Jong-un, the father of the current yes. mm-hmm. leader, uh, that he set up this shrine to Michael Jordan. 
Isn't that bizarre? It's very bizarre that they would even let them do that. Right. Set up a shrine for an American. But Dennis Rodman was there. (laughs) And he was all like, let me tell you about. This guy's great. Yeah. Okay. Anyway. believed him. Okay. Sorry. And see, that was completely uncivil and unkind because I got completely off subject intentionally. See, you thought of something. I knew it. Yeah. See? So... Sorry. Yeah, but we should have a gong. But what if that? What if we were entertained by this? <laughs> what if well, our What if our listeners were entertained by this? You know, that's great. But I could have put it on my little pad as a as a parking lot thing to come back to later instead of interrupting right in the middle of this important discourse on civil discourse. Hmm. It's okay. I thought it was fine. Okay, okay. so we've got I'm not the leader of North Korea at the table. <laughs> Now hypothetically, uh, so hypothetically, <laughs> yes, hypothetically. <laughs> uh, you know, I know I've heard things about how he treats North Koreans. I've heard that it's you know poor country. That there's things that happen there that are really not good because of their leadership. So I have made up my mind. I don't. I don't like him. He's a bad man, right? Yeah. All right. However, he has come to our table, mm-hmm. and we are supposed to talk to him. So we kind of have to put that aside, and it's just talking. I mean, it's mm-hmm. not anything about, mm-hmm. it's basically just being nice to somebody when you're talking to them. Yes. Whether you like them or not. Yes. It doesn't mean you have to roll over and agree with everything they say. Uh-huh. And it doesn't mean that you have to allow them to do things in your presence that you find offensive, that... that harm you or harm others mm-hmm. so i was just reading this today and and i don't know if this is peripheral to what we're talking about or not but um it's the difference between what someone finds offensive and what affects someone adversely so there are things that people say or do that may offend me personally mm-hmm. but they don't affect my life but then there are there are things that people say or do that actually affect people's lives mm-hmm. adversely. And those are two very different things. So I think, you know, thinking about that sort of difference is something that that would affect, you know, how far does the civil discourse go, I guess. I don't know. I don't think it it has an end. I don't think it it should stop at some point, but I do think you can't let people behave. I don't know. That gets really hard. Mm-hmm. It does. Because when I'm there's thinking somebody, of some different situations yeah. that, um, so you know, police just, situations, yeah. uh, you know, that things. Mm-hmm. And then it makes me think, okay, is that an education issue? Do they not understand civil discourse? So they don't, or are they just, mm-hmm. are they really offended? Or is it really just. Or is it mm-hmm. adversely affecting their life? Mm-hmm. You know, have they been able to see the difference? Well, you know, it's interesting because I, I think sometimes when we have people who are at loggerheads with each other, mm-hmm. that you can de-escalate a situation by talking kindly, by speaking to them gently. Yes. Um, you know, we've done that with children. We've done that with animals even you know we know that works in some situations i think it can work in situations of adults who get into 
you know, situations where things just, just get worse and worse and worse and more tense and more testy, that if someone's willing to take a step back, put on their calm voice and their calm attitude and respond in that way, then it helps de-escalate the other person or the other, or however many people are involved. It, it really will help to de-escalate that. Well, and, and de-escalating doesn't mean that the problem is solved. No, it, it does means not. That still communication that needs to happen yes but in a more of a civil and and it's more way. likely to happen if people aren't screaming at each other or kicking each other or mm-hmm. whatever it is if if you can de-escalate the situation then people are much more likely to be willing to talk to each other and and try to come to a solution i mean it, there are so many situations in the world where there are not easy solutions yeah there are so many situations where there is it is so complicated. There is no black and white. This is the way it is. This is the way it is. You've got to choose one. There's, it's seldom like that. Mm-hmm. But we're never going to get to a point of resolution or of compromise, not a dirty word, by the way, at, if, if we can't talk to each other civilly. So I was observing Chris while you were Yeah, talking. me too. That was scary. Right? So he was <laughs> writing. He was writing very intensely. Okay. And then he leaned forward and he yeah. was just very much so making eye contact with you. He yeah. was definitely listening to you at the, the end part. He was very engaged with what you were saying. I'm, I'm engaged with all of this. <laughs> I, have a whole, I have a list of things that aren't... aren't um, well, for the first thing is... Uh, the relevant thing mm-hmm. is... Uh, as you were talking about about that mm-hmm. um what about civility did, did any of the things you read talk about civility and and being calm and being you know remaining civil in in your discourse as far as that being an advantage or yes being something that you know as long as you can re- remain that way and retain mm-hmm. that then you kind of have the upper hand in the situation mm-hmm. as opposed to the if the other person is getting mm-hmm. crazy and irate and which sometimes when somebody's getting crazy and irate and you're remaining calm that just the, makes them more yes, more mad but yeah. but that, that means, also means they're losing their composure they're losing any yeah. high ground they had as far as any kind of resolution and you're you're keeping and, that and you're keeping your your position you're yeah. keeping your place you know, the other thing about this is that? that that's a very neutral tool. Mm-hmm. Like, that doesn't, just because you're remaining civil, it's like you said, it's gray. It's not black and white. Even if the person who's, ha- maybe they have the upper hand, they're remaining civil and calm and not letting it affect them. That doesn't mean that they're right. That doesn't mean they're on the right side. It just means that they're really good at that. Well, that's true, but it also means that the people listening are going to be typically more willing to listen to them, the person who's remaining calm, rather than the person who is raising their voice, who is turning red in the face, who is clearly, you know... This is going so wrong. Is it? (laughs) (laughs) So now I'm thinking of, like, Hitler kind of stuff, Mm -hmm. like... You can influence people. Mm-hmm. It's manipulative. Well, yeah, that's kind of the be. scenario that I'm thinking of, and that's why it's important for I guess if you have 
if you believe that yours is the the more I guess the more just you know for extre- in extremes like if you're uh-huh. on the, the the just side mm-hmm. that's even all the more important for you to remain calm and composed yes it's easy to get really upset when you think that you're mm-hmm. you're being wrong you're oh, right yeah. and you're being wronged yeah mm-hmm. I, I think that there's a lot of maligned maligned bad people with bad intentions that are very good at doing that like you said like yeah you know, dictators right whatever. yeah Often it's those people with who are in positions of power. I mean, it depends on how they got there, mm-hmm. and it kind of depends on what their what their whole basis of what they believe is the source of their power. Whether they are going to remain calm or whether they are going to get louder and louder mm-hmm. and louder if if they are confronted by people who disagree with them, mm-hmm. and it. I, I think right now we're so divided as a society as far as social justice issues and political p- viewpoints and those things that if if it's very difficult when you hold a strong opinion, but if we're willing to sit down with people who have differing opinions and and give each other the opportunity to speak. Mm-hmm. Without interruption, or you know, with only asking questions to clarify, not to, oh, but you're wrong. Did you ever think about this? That not that kind of question. Just right. trying to understand. I th- I think that gets us whether it changes opinions or not. I think that gets us to a point of, oh, this is another human being with strong opinions, just as I am. Well, and I think it sometimes also you can get enlightened because. Mm-hmm. You finally can understand maybe why they think the way they do. Right. And why they think differently than you. Right. And and just kind of coming to that understanding. It doesn't mean that you're changing your viewpoint or their viewpoint, but you're understanding where they're mm-hmm. coming from and why mm-hmm. they can could think that way. Mm-hmm. So Yeah. Th- there are some people that I I have some very strong opinions about what they post on Facebook mm-hmm. that my Facebook friends and and yet I have some very strong opinions that say wow are you misguided as far as some of the things they post on Facebook mm-hmm. and I don't live anywhere near them so I can't sit down with them face to face but I would like to sit down with them face to face and just say to them help me understand you posted this 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 Mm-hmm. Help me understand what that how that squares with your position as this kind of person, as this kind of follower of your religious figure, as you know that help mm-hmm. me understand how those things go together because I don't see it. Yeah. And that's that's a whole different thing than ranting on Facebook, what a crazy person you are, I can't believe you said that, you're Looney Tunes, you're just causing the world to go in flames. That, that's mm-hmm. a whole different thing. Well, and I think, yeah, Facebook is another animal altogether. <laughs> well, it is. Uh, and, and there is very little civil discourse going on in Facebook. No, the, exactly. You're and, exactly and right. And that whole anonymity, even if you were, your name is the, t- the top of that thing, you are not in front of those people. Mm-hmm. So you feel like even if you're not anonymous, you feel like you can say things there that are sweeping generalizations or mm-hmm. that are that are 
putting down certain people that you would never say to people face to face. I well, really believe that, that that's true. And I, I'm thinking of some specific instances on, in my Facebook where there's some strong personalities that have their beliefs and they just go on about it. And sometimes you just feel like, if I were to say my viewpoint, would they just let me say my viewpoint and mm-hmm. not react like I'm mm-hmm. letting them vent and... right. Mm-hmm. Not blocking them, not yet. <laughs> but sometimes it gets to that point where it's like, I don't want to listen to that right. anymore. It's mm-hmm. it's kind right. of over the top. Mm-hmm. Um, Facebook has this n- nifty little thing where you can mute somebody for 30 days. So oh. if you're like, I don't want to... <laughs> There's unblock- an election coming up. I, I should mute for 30 I don't wanna, days. <laughs> I don't want to block you, mm-hmm. but I don't want... Like, you're going off on a thing here that I don't want to see. Yeah. Right. So you can mute right. them for 30 days. So you don't see any of their posts for 30 days. Hmm. And then it pops back up and you can make your decision then. Like, are you still are you still acting a fool? Yeah. And then then decide whether or not you want to block them or not. Interesting. But I love that. I yes. mute people occasionally when I'm just like, mm, I don't need this. Yeah. Not yeah. today, Satan. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yes. But it really it really worries me that we have those things because and we do that even for some of those people that we could sit down with face to face because we just don't want to get into it. I mean, well, I am very much a person who does not like conflict. I don't want to sit down with somebody who has strong opinions different from mine and have to talk through it with them. But I know that would be the civil thing to do. I yes. know that would be the most productive thing to do. But I think to try to do it on Facebook mm-hmm. is hard. Oh, yeah. Like oh, if you're no. not near them, no. you know, you feel like you're going to get blasted by somebody. It, what is mm-hmm. it? Less than 30% of your of your communication comes through your words. The rest of it is, mm-hmm. you know, your body language and your facial features and, and the tone of voice you use. And, you know, the only thing you can see is whether they used all caps and bold mm-hmm. or not. Well, you know, all caps, did, bold, and a cuss word here and there. Well, there's that. But, <laughs> yeah. Well, and that's also why, at least with, like, texting, mm-hmm. punctuation is important. <laughs> mm-hmm. and, and emojis or emoticons are important. Like, if I send you just a, okay, period, safely assume that I am saying, okay, period. (laughs) (laughs) But if I say, okay, period, and there's a smiley face, okay. Yeah. Like, those are important in the way we communicate now. Can I just say, for those of us who have iWatches or whatever they are, Apple Watches, (laughs) that if I get a text message... I have choices about what I, how I can respond quick on my watch. Like, okay, don't tell anybody this, but... <laughs> Listeners, don't tell anybody this. <laughs> but when I drive, if I get a text on my watch, I glance down and I read it. And if I can answer quickly with an okay or a sure or yeah. a great or a no, not yet, I can do that. I'll do that. And that's all you get because that's all I can do on my watch. Right, I'll yeah. just throw that out there. It's not meant to be rude. Right, it's not meant right. to be a tone of voice. It's just this is what I can do legally and safely at this moment. At yes. this moment. Yeah. And yeah. and I think after a bit of knowing someone, right? They you can read their text and be like, "Okay, yes." So, so like, Dawn. But it, I guess what I, just to finish my yeah. thought on this, it, it's yeah. like um sometimes um 
I feel like they tread, people do respond in these situations Mm -hmm. that are more in agreement with like what my beliefs would have been uh, or are. And you can tell that they're treading lightly Mm -hmm. with these people Mm -hmm. and they're kind of saying, okay, but did you think about this or did you look at this or something like that? And and 99% of the time they don't respond, the, the main person who did it. Right. And I just want to like their comments you know (laughs) because to support Mm -hmm. them in the way that they're able to right respond i guess right okay to me it depends on how well i know this person Mm -hmm. like most of my most of my friends on facebook are my friends that i see on a regular basis Mm -hmm. and so if something happens or they say something i have to make the decision whether or not i'm going to make it a public thing yeah, and then if I decide no, that's not what I'm going to do, they're going to get a text from me mm-hmm. that's going to say what I was going to say, just not in a public manner. Gotcha. Then that makes but sense. it also depends on how close mm-hmm. and how comfortable right. I am with someone. Like right. if I don't know someone and they say something awful to me, mm-hmm. like they say something racist to me, I'm not going to be like, "Excuse me." Well, I might, yeah. but <laughs> you know, I'm yeah, not going to be. Not. Yeah. But I'm not going to be like. We need to talk about this. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't know you very well yet, so I'm going to be nice uh-huh. and get to know you a little bit better. And then once I do know you a little bit better, I'm going to be like, hey, so here's some things that you have said in the past that we need to talk about. Interesting. You weren't you weren't willing to give up that relationship necessarily. Unless it was wait. Like, super awful. <laughs> <laughs> like, That's good. Like, I mean, if it was something that I was like, excuse me what did you just say Uh then i might throw some curse words at you some hand gestures and then leave right (laughs) never to speak to you again (laughs) but it would have to be something awful right Mm -hmm. right something awful directed specifically at you right okay maybe something awful directed to me in my just generally about like my race or a stereotype or something like that I might just be like, okay, well. That's what you think. Yeah. And let's get to know you a little bit better. And then once I do, then I might be like, so I don't know if you know this, but I remember everything. (laughs) (laughs) And I could probably tell you word for word what you said and when you said it. (laughs) So let's get into that. (laughs) But I'd have to feel like I know that person really well. Right. To say something like that. Yeah. So the second book that I read was specifically about civility in the workplace. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that, this is the Christine Porath, and she's done research with businesses all over the country. I don't know if she's gone outside the country, but this this is pretty much across our country. And she said that incivility in the workplace, and that takes the effect of of being rude to someone else, being passive aggressive to someone, you know, sabotaging their work, calling them ugly things, saying rude things to them. Um, It takes a toll. It drags down performance. It... um, has specifically been shown that people who are dealing with incivility in the workplace have trouble absorbing information, so they're not learning as well. Um, 
even just witnessing incivil behavior, rude behaviors between two other people impairs short-term memory and cognitive ability. It's been shown to damage the immune system, Hmm. put a strain on families, and otherwise just cause people to, you know, have poor health, to, Mm -hmm. you know, all these kinds of things. And, And that's just the... The things the the kinds of tests they've run often have to do with not the test subject being one of experiencing it, just witnessing it between two other people. And even at that, you see those kinds of effects. So it's it's pretty it's pretty serious. It's a really serious thing if people cannot manage to get along and they work together it can affect the whole place well and i think um like some of those results or symptoms Mm -hmm. um may depend on the personality type of the person witnessing because if you're the type that holds on to things and you know doesn't want um conflict and those Mm -hmm. kind of things Mm -hmm. you may harbor those feelings a little bit different than somebody who can observe it and dismiss maybe Mm -hmm. um but i think that if you're if you've observed something like that you think about it and Mm -hmm. you think about it not just in that moment you you take it home and you think about that situation um and so I can see how it can affect you and, and affect mm-hmm. other relationships well, because and, you and can't cer- let it go. Right. And certainly people who have, um, people who are basically civil to other people who have good relationships in their family and friends who who have basically good health. So people that, that this, this researcher describes as people, thriving people, mm-hmm. they are much less likely to... Mm-hmm. have those effects but then they're also more likely to treat other people civilly which is much more likely to mean that the other person is going to treat them civilly back yes so it's it's almost like yes there's a difference in how different people respond mm-hmm. but then people who respond a certain way often get that kind of response back yes and so Sorry, I'm sort of a loop thinking about yeah. what I wanted to say again. Okay, good. <laughs> uh, so there's been some situations in my life where I um, observed something happening that was illegal when I was a little girl, and um, and I I couldn't sleep. I mean, it got really bad. I mm-hmm. months. Mm-hmm. I worried about this mm-hmm. and I worried about it and it was horrible. Um, and finally I went and I told somebody and, um, and they said, okay, I'll take care of it. And so I was fine. I was able to go back to sleep. Once but, you gave it to somebody. Yeah. Oh, once, once you yeah, get it out of yeah. yourself. So, um, and then I found out years later that they hadn't taken care of it. Oh, that they just, it had been already so long uh, when I when I mentioned yeah. something that wasn't yeah. really something that they could follow up with. Um, but I think about that, 
mm-hmm. in situations like that mm-hmm. that you observe, you know, right. that even though you think that it's not affecting you, you need to probably tell somebody about mm-hmm. it. Or and journal. maybe, huh? Or journal. Or journal. Yeah. It's like, just get it out of yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, and then that could help. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't mean that it's okay to not be civil. <laughs> All right. Any last thoughts about our subject? Well, I found a quote. It says, we don't have to agree on anything to be kind to one another. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I only have two questions. Well, no. I have one comment in the question. Okay. Earlier when Pat was saying, put on your calm, I want, I kept on thinking you were going to say, put on your calm pants. <laughs> That's not what you said, though. And then you use the term log- at loggerheads with each other. Uh-huh. And you want to know what the etymology of I was like, do you mean like loggerheads like logs or like loggerheads like you got a big frothy beer, like a, a logger, uh-huh. and it has a, a frothy head? Is that all? The- uh. My my recollection is loggerheads is spelled like loggers, the people who cut timber. Not logger the beer. Not logger the beer. Because um, <laughs> that could be good civil discourse, right? If you shared a beer, shared a logger with somebody. Mm-hmm. So apparently yes. in the 17th, mm-hmm. before the 17th century, loggerhead referred to a stupid person. According to grammarist. So sweet. I am glad I know this word now. <laughs> If we're talking about civil discourse, <laughs> now we simply mean loggerheads to be, and it's and it's always used in the plural when we talk about this because it's two people who butt heads, who who have harsh disagreement, not necessarily violence, but harsh disagreement with someone, and it it, it doesn't have anything to do with this. But I always picture two rams crashing into each other. You yeah. know, when they do mm-hmm. that headbutt thing. That's mm-hmm. what I always picture when I think of that phrase. Okay. Loggerheads. It has nothing to do with that. But. Okay. Well, that answers my question. I just thought that would be a funny thing to end on. Because that's yeah. what I've been thinking about. It is not related <laughs> to the loggerhead sea turtle. Okay. All right. Well, I guess that's it for now. I think this is a fascinating conversation. We could even talk about it more later. I, I think we two. could. <laughs> we're, at, we're at time unfortunately so this has been the long overdue podcast and may all your discourses be civil